You're Going to Die, the podcast is brought to you by YG2D, a 501c3 nonprofit bringing diverse communities creatively into the conversation of death and dying, inspiring life by unabashedly sourcing our shared mortality. To find out more, visit www.yg2d.com. Can I just tell you one thing to keep in mind in this episode? Do not turn it off before you get to Adrian Shamzad singing Iranian traditional music to you, okay? Please don't miss that. Okay, enjoy. So in last week's episode with Wendy McNaughton, I expressed how glad I was to share a version of a conversation with you because our podcasts, by the way, you're going to die the podcast, your creatively conscious mortality podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, death and dying, grief and loss, it can lend itself to intensity and weightiness and gravity and the hard stuff. And so my hope, like I expressed in the last episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast with Wendy McNaughton, I expressed how much I want certainly room for us to cry a bit together. And also I want to laugh like we need to laugh. And and I believe that that is possible in these conversations. I've, I, I have expressed it before. I talk about like my mom dying and what it felt like to cry deeply in that grief almost the day of, day after, and then laugh ecstatically. And, and maybe with a little bit of insanity because I think death makes us insane a little bit in relationship to quote unquote reality, but also genuinely feeling joy and euphoria. I know I've talked about that a bit But what I'm saying is, welcome to this episode. Hi, I'm Ned, and this is a good version of what I hope happens more and more often, which is a conversation that lends itself to some tears, for obvious reasons, and some good laughter. And I'm so glad to have a friend on the show who deserves connecting to you because of what they're up to in the world, and we very easily, right when we met, just are good at laughing, too. So welcome to that. If you're a little bit like, what's this show? I'm trying it out for the first time. You have a very high voice, I guess, in my, in my head. But what's this show? What's going on here? It's okay. You are going to die. That's heavy. And there's joy and, and, and aliveness to be had by acknowledging that fact and being together in these hard things. There's a place to remember we're not alone, to be connected and find belonging, and smile, and be grateful. And so thank you to this episode's guest for giving me a version of that. Adrian Shamzad sings revolutionary anthems, prayerful power ballads, blues, lullabies, and love songs written from the depths of her heart. Her strong and soulful voice, expressive guitar work, and bold performance style push her into the outer reaches of the singer-songwriter genre and far beyond. In 2016, Adrian began her formal training in Iranian traditional vocal music and sitar and has been supported by grants from the Alliance of California Traditional Arts to develop those skills. 
And in September of 2023, Adrian will release her second full-length studio album in almost 15 years. So happy to share this episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast with you, with all its laughter and tears and Adrian Shamsad. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, I wrote this song one last time. I don't, it was a few years ago, um, but it's a really, it's a very deeply spiritually um, kind of potent song for me. And it it's not something that I thought I would record on the album because it um, it's, I just felt like it was too spiritual or too personal or something. And, and I played it at you're going to die because the whole concept at the open mic, because the whole concept of the song is, you know, when I'm standing at the edge of my life, I will look at the great beyond. I will look into the eyes of my ancestors of God, the the great non-denominational non-binary God that is, you know, the one that I love. And, and I will, I will like be full of sunlight and, you know, all of the hope that we can feel at that moment. And I, I'm, I want everyone around me to know that, that I'm going somewhere where I'm dancing and I'm liberated. And you know, it's not really my story. It's a story I wrote about somebody else that I, that was a real person named Erich Jessawala. Um, and so in that, just that whole story about his life and who he was is, is so personal and hard to explain to like the world, but, (laughs) but the song just felt like such a beautiful offering for the, you're going to die because, you know, death is, death is a, a rupture to life. You know, it's, it's a, it creates a chasm and an abyss for everybody that remains alive around you when you die. And, and, and there's also the other side of it that like, sometimes people die and they, they, they did such a good job at being alive that they're going to miss it, but that, they're ready. And that is a beautiful thing also to hold on to. So that's what kind of what the song is about. And I sang it at the open mic and then somebody came up to me and was like, is, what's that song? And then I thought, why am I holding this to myself? You know, just, and then it was, it just made its way onto the album and I'm so happy because I love it so much. <laughs> so thank yeah. you yeah. for the open mic. Yeah, and to be clear for the listeners, the open mic is that, but um, often, usually we have a featured musician. And so that's that's how that song came into the space is because you played several songs. Was that the last song you played that night? You know, I played it as a as an open mic sign-up person oh, first. Okay, for and the then first time. I did yeah. the and then I did it one last time mm. at the at, as the musical guest. <laughs> the last time. That's the last time you're ever yeah, going to play so it. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did it for the last time. It means so one much to me to have it on the album. One last time. This is it, guys. So, 
<laughs> hope you enjoy it on the album. I'm not playing it live ever again. Um, what? 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 Sorry. So, did he die? Yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. died. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. I never met him. Oh, okay. I never met Erich. <clears throat> he. How do I even like mm-hmm. get into this? It's you know, Erich Jesuala lived a life of service and love. And he, you know, wrote a book about his stories in his life with Meher Baba. And it is through those stories and through the stories of all the people who knew him that like gave me this um, sense of who he was. And I feel like he was my, he's my friend, even though I never met him Mm. and his stories of just like, just he's just a like there's just people on earth that are supreme they know about the love supreme like john coltrane's album they just are all yes. about the love supreme and nice. yeah and those are the um yeah that's kind of the it, it's hard for me to like kind of t- it's like a whole sort of orientation that I don't even know how to get into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, in a way it gets to like answering the question I'm feeling next, which is did, does his story and those stories give you the, your own relationship to that moment, that inevitability, that death thing, that moment yes. you described a moment ago, is that right? Or did you already, you know, now I'm thinking because of what you just said, you saw in him, maybe this is true of all the things we're drawn to and that articulate stuff that we feel, but maybe have not put words to whatever, but that you maybe already felt that thing and that story helped like highlight Mm -hmm. it. And so then this song even more, you know what it was that he said, and this is where it really, like, I got really, um, I'm really coming out as like a total, like, devotional spiritual person okay mm-hmm. right <laughs> um like world. here it is guys <laughs> <laughs> i like the word god and i say it a lot okay yeah yeah <laughs> um like Let it be oh, i'm sorry <laughs> to all the like you know people that don't like that word anyway but it's just um uh, god g-o-d-d-e <laughs> that's, anyway. how you, that's how you spell it. You're going to old English. Got it. <laughs> going to old English. Oh God. Oh God. Um, so he he said he said like okay, Erich. I love that we're talking about this so much. Mm. I didn't know that this is what was going to happen, but me neither. Yeah, me neither. He he had a really incredibly like beautiful but very difficult life and by the end of his life he was very physically mm. just spent he had a lot of um sort of ugh, just painful issues with like his mouth his teeth his tongue like mm. genetic things that started to catch up to him he had issues walking he had digestive issues he was just he lived like hard and long and he was very broken down physically at the end of his life. And that context is important because he said like his time and his life in service to Meher Baba and to that, that God force was enough for him to say that he would come back and do it all over again, just 
to be a mangy dog at in in at his feet, like in that service. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, he probably wasn't yeah. with all the suffering, mm-hmm. with all the brutality and all the mm-hmm. anguish and all the pain. He remembered the love. And that is just something that I I don't know that I Mm. am there, you know, as a person, Mm -hmm. but it's something that is what I like long for, you know, that's like my deepest and truest longing really is Mm -hmm. to have that level of humility. Yeah. Coursing through my life to where I'm not even like, I'm so humble, but it's just, (laughs) you know, it's just the way, yeah, the way of being, I mean, definitely feeling emotional, like, uh, like a prayer or hope to, to be at the end of a life and, and say, absolutely, (sighs) you know, I will do that. I will do that again. You know, like I do that all over again. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love the surprise of talking about him in the same way. It matters that the song exists because of these elements and, and the influence of his story. And so it means a lot to be with it and, and maybe even, the chance that at the end of the conversation, we that's the song we share, we can decide later. Yeah, that'd be cool. But that's what's really striking me, you know, with what you're sharing about him because it just feels feeling the like hard stretch, you know, the hard parts of life, the the hard moments and 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 the conflict, the relationship with being alive and and that like suffering and yeah. imagining a time you know, which I guess would be like humble and, you know, filled with humility to say like, I would serve this, you know, in a way it's like to serve life again, as much as it hurts, as much as it's hard, as much as we lose. Um, I'm just really feeling that. I really, really glad we kind of stayed with this for a sec. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Serving life, being of service to life, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that's really, then that's what, you know, that's at the heart of, I think of a life that feels valuable to me, you know, and we we get really spun up as people in all of the ways that we perform, you know, do I have this together? Do, is this on my resume? Do I have this in my bank account? All of the stuff that we, that feels so essential. Mm -hmm to like a good life, but man, what is more valuable and meaningful than being of service Mm -hmm. in a big way to, to Mm -hmm. fill and instill others with a sense of hope and love. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That is just like the, that is worth dying for, you know, that is worth this process. <laughs> that's it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's worth dying for. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to just butcher this Martin Luther King quote, but it's something like that. It's about to, you know, what, what life of meaning, it's something like the, the life of meaning is the thing that's worth dying for, you know, it's like to be alive at all in, in commitment, you know, on that level to other, especially, um, and, and I guess the sensible kind of thread to pull on here is 
how you're that way in the world. And I would, I would bet there might be a lot of ways to answer that. Like any, you know, normal human, the, 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 the many ways we're, we're in life. Um, and especially maybe from that heart, that perspective, but I wonder if we could stay with the thread of music and, and, and I guess first the question is when I acknowledge you in the beginning of our conversation here as someone who it seems to me doesn't think of music as much about performance, even though you're an incredible performer and, and, part of how you're in the world with your music is being good at that. Uh, do you relate to what I said about like music <laughs> and music is medicine and, and the way you oh, use yeah. music and with community, D- does that all resonate? No, let's talk about social media, <laughs> using social media <laughs> to promote yourself. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, I love that. Thank you. I'm sorry. I get uncomfortable with positive affirmations. Oh, so we can count on a but, good joke at the end of every time yeah, I acknowledge good, you. A good, just Perfect. sarcastic <laughs> rejection with everything you say that's, that's nice great. to me. That's great. Um, yeah. I know. I mean, music is, you know, is. It's like my, uh, yes, thank you very much for seeing that. Okay, let me just compose myself. Well, yeah, music and I will. Is, this is going to yeah. make you just make another sarcastic joke, but um, okay. <laughs> just 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 feeling like I do with the amount of musicians I've met, especially in the last 10 years, there's a certain kind of musician that fits in a, what you're going to die usually facilitates and creates. And it's, it's, it's often not the really great musician. You know, it, it often is the really great musician, but then all the other stuff we're, we're acknowledging here. It cannot just be the person that comes and plays the song really well, that they've learned how to play really well and put so much life and energy and work into. It actually depends on the kind of musician who, I, again, I'm acknowledging you for being, which is someone who's done that and like mm. has an intuition and a softness, a kind of attention with how they play music and what songs they choose to play and the way it's creating space. And, and it matters to say this both as an acknowledgement for the way I know you already, I think, and just a reminder for the listeners, kind of what does it mean to have musicians on the show? It's like, well, who, who's on the show? What, what makes sense? Well, you should be grief workers, people working in palliative care. But my need and desire to have musicians here is because of what we're talking about right now and that you're that kind of person. You know, you fit in that way. Um, so just to really clarify why it matters so much to like make a little room to talk about this. Well, thank you for mm. saying that. That is powerful. I mean, music is the, in my experience, life force of exist of our existence, our collective human experience. I mean, it's like, you know, we go to the river. I mean, we used to, but we go to the river for our water and for our, for our nourishment and to water the food and to, you know, water our bodies and to stay alive. And that is what music is for me. And it is what I aspire to be a portal for, for others, like music as I do, I experience this as a teacher, as a, you know, I teach music and, and I experience it as a performer on stage. And as a songwriter, it's like music is coming. It's always flowing. It's a constant 
river going, taking us closer and closer to the ocean of truth and love. And we can just get in there and like get on our inner tube and just go. And sometimes music is intense and we need a, you know, a raft guide, you know, and that's like what I think great musicians are, you know, and what people like how it can be of use to the community. Like music is a service. It's, it's not an extra thing it, to me. It's like groceries and sunlight it, it is everything. It really is everything for me. And it is, and always has been, you know, like my access point to the divine, to that sense of service that we talked about and to just love, just love with a capital L and it's like comfort. And it's just, it means so much to me to be able to actually make music because I listen to music and that's what it is for me. You know, like I need music for all the different things that happen in my life. And, and sometimes like even not listening to music having silence is part of the, my musical experience because that's when I feel, I feel it and I hear it. So it's just really like my, it's like the everything for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. Makes yeah. I, I, I love that, all of that. And I'm wondering about something you brought up in the Google form I sent you, which is, you know, using music. And I may, may as like save this as the next thing we get to, because I am curious about how you, became how you came into relationship with music in that way. Do you feel like musician teachers, um, community you were a part of, you say like, it's always been that. And I guess I relate, you know, when I think mm. about being young and feeling yeah. the influence of, of songs, um, that would emerge in my life or starting to notice my own inclination to certain types of music and, the final first chance to go and buy that first album, um, you know, yeah. um, and the ways it defines us too, you know, as we start to like form identity and have music, like represent who we are, our love for music. But I'm wondering if there's much to say about kind of that beginning of that specific kind of relationship for you to music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously like, I have my childhood is full of memories of me just singing and, and being outside and touching flowers and singing songs and like being like a little like elf child, you know, mm -hmm. and, and like, or like a little hobbit baby, you know, that uh. was like my just singing songs and, and, or was it the dwarves who sang the most songs? I was <laughs> did that. You, did you have a lot me. of hair on your feet? Just like <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm half Iranian yeah. and I do have patches of hair, <laughs> different parts, some on my feet, <laughs> just like, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a little taller than your mm -hmm. average hobbit, but anyway, yeah, I definitely, yeah. I'm not opposed to being associated with that mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, archetype, but I know I, yeah, I did a lot of just was a, like a little singing person. And mm. I started taking guitar lessons from this woman named Cindy Lowe when I was 14. And, um, like you wanted to she, do it. You, you asked you know, to start my, yeah. somebody told, I was very kind of, 
I wasn't, I was, I definitely dealt with depression as a kid. Mm. You know, it was very sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It started kind of young for me. Mm. And I have a memory of, um, a friend, family friend saying like that I was a good musician or like I had a natural, a knack for music. And then, you know, my mom taught me a couple of songs on the guitar. Cause she had this guitar that she used to play, um, back in the sixties. And <clears throat> she taught me a couple of blues songs. And then it's, it was sort of something that I, I could put my energy into mm-hmm. that just, I didn't, I didn't have a consciousness of like, you know, I'm depressed. I need to play music to feel better. But it, it was, you know, it was like 12, 13 years old and it just called me. And then, you know, my, my mom got me guitar lessons for my 14th birthday from this woman that she found in the like, you know, local ad paper thing that they used to do before the internet. And that was my, it was really like my church, like songwriting became my spiritual anchor. And Mm -hmm. I don't, again, I don't know if I, I didn't really consciously know that, but I did when I was a teenager, you know, I would just write, I just wrote all my feelings. I would just sit on my floor and I would play a huge guitar that ended up giving me major shoulder injuries and stuff (laughs) later in life that is also a part of my journey and like just screwed up my back. I've never heard that. Duly noted. Yeah. A child musician (laughs) needs a smaller guitar. Yeah. It's like Nadoi. But yeah, (laughs) Nadoi. Like you play your mom's guitar. Yeah, but and it was a big one of those. Getting, yeah. Yes, I played mm-hmm. this big dreadnought, like the biggest kind of the oh biggest guitar gosh, you can wow. have, which would be perfect for you because you're very really tall. Please dig up a photo arms. of that of you. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so guitar. many pictures. I have to see it. <laughs> it's like my head <laughs> peeking out from behind this, like, and it's like there. I should. I give them those pictures to my chiropractor, and it just explains <laughs> everything. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm so sorry that yeah. happened, and that you've dealt with health issues since. But wow, what a, what an image <laughs> I've got in my head. All right. Can I, know, I ask but a it quick ties question? back to yep. the suffering. I would do it all over again. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, yeah. geez. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, would you say that Cindy and your mom, um, did they know that you were dealing with depression? My, like, did people I'm know sure my family? mom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think people n- knew about it. I know my mom, you know, knew about mm-hmm. it. I mean, we had a lot of stuff going on at, at that time okay. of our family story. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, you know, yeah, I mean, I had, I think I was, I did some therapy, you know, I see. It, it, it kind of accelerated as I got further along in high school mm-hmm. and it was, there was just like so many factors that really, I feel like now I am, I am at, I am healing from it Mm. 20 years later. Like it was, you know, I I didn't know I had ADHD. That's like my big pandemic revelation. I got like a legitimate ADHD diagnosis from a Kaiser person that was like, you know, didn't want to give me the diagnosis, but like, she was like, like, no, you got it. Test you. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. It wasn't like I went to a clinic where they will just give it to you. So you Uh. can come there. Yeah. Sorry, it's like, weird. I don't know. And yeah, I got, I, I was, it, it really helped me to, mm-hmm. to have that diagnosis. It's mm. completely changed my 
attitude about myself mm. oh because my I'd say throughout that high school time, I just struggled so much to manage the responsibilities of being a student. And, you know, I only want, I was, I was like, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm in the musicals. I did great in the plays. You know, I was like a hundred percent on that. But then when it came to just multitasking through the experience of school, I just, I really felt so challenged by it. And it was Mm. like, I either sit and play music for hours or I study my lines, but to do homework also, it's just like, it feels so unreasonable. And it, but it just, it it created a a story about myself that I was like incompetent. And, um, I don't know that that's where it originated, but that, that has been like a big part of my artistic experiences. Just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. I'm not capable. And, and that like feeling like so many missed opportunities because of that storyline throughout my, my life, um, that has felt like something I've had to grieve, you know, as I've left that, what would be considered young adulthood and entered into the next phase of midlife, you know, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that process and Mm. just, it's like a whole new reality to, to be able to say to myself, Oh my gosh, I just, my brain worked differently than what was Mm. expected of me. And I, and I'm okay. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually smart and capable. I just Mm. need to know this about myself. It's another one of those moments. <laughs> Let's see how short I can I can keep this. I'm only going to ask you one thing to do if you haven't done it already. And then you can just listen to Nick Jana's music for a little while. In contrast to me talking too long about this option to support You're Going to Die, the podcast. And this is it. Rate and review the show. Okay. If you've heard me say it before and haven't done it yet, shame on you. Okay. I don't, I really don't mean to guilt you right now. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to take action if you haven't yet. And if you have, thank you, by the way, if you've gone into your Apple podcasts and given us a little bit of star rating and shared some words about what the podcast means to you, we've received that on our end. Thank you so much. And if you've gone into Spotify and given us some ratings in there. We're seeing the numbers. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you enough how much it matters to get those ratings and reviews. Couple reasons why, it makes us more visible. It measures our value. It lets people know we're worth listening to in the sea of billions of podcast options. So that little thing you could do right now that takes you seconds has that much of an impact on what we do for you. It's a free thing we're given. So all we're asking, and I get that I'm, I'm laying it on a little thick here and I'm definitely per usual talking longer than I planned, but listen, it's something that matters and it's something you can do to say thank you for what we're doing. So please go into your podcast app and give us a little bit of love.
Yeah, there's there's something in there about just there being enough space in my life for the spectrum of who I am. You know, I think when when we're coming up, I think a lot of artists and musicians experience, you know, this journey. I mean, it's human experience. Like, is it okay? Is it safe for me to be all of me? You know, am I allowed to be all of me in in any relationship or atmosphere? And, you know, there's a lot of parts of me that I'm still deciding whether or not I'm allowed to be in front of other people, Mm -hmm. you know? And this, like the ADHD, it's just a label that, you know, is helpful for me right now to give me permission to be this part of me that I sort of associate with it. Like Mm -hmm. really like excitable, intense, like hard to like, get things done, just like have a million thoughts a minute and extremely creative. And, you know, sometimes I have mood swings and it helps me understand that tendency that I have towards depression and towards anxiety. And it kind of puts it all into a context that feels a lot more generous Mm -hmm. than what I had previously thought, which is Mm. that I just can't get over being sad and I'm attached to my past traumas. And I just, this, that, you know, just that kind of dark inner critic voice that sort of ran my, my life and my psyche for so many years. It's like, that is, you know, and back to my album and my music, that is like part of the story of this musical project is me, the story of me becoming the woman that I needed to become in order to not be driven and directed by that critical voice and to be helped to develop the confidence that, that I required in order to express myself in the way that I wanted to, and not the way that I felt I should, because that's what girls do. And that's Mm. how we're supposed to act. And, um, Oh my yeah, goodness. That's yeah. Kind of it. Yeah. I just, um, <laughs> I just experience you as so wonderfully alive and confidently present. Um, and so I think I'm sort of stuck with something you said a moment ago, which is, well, first, like acknowledging this, like the vulnerability to just name this here and know something I've just wondered about for you and the ways we've interacted, even to like have this conversation, Mm -hmm. the pull between like the sacred and the personal and the Mm -hmm. stuff that we hold holy that maybe defines us or that we want to care for and, and, and keep close and the like inclination to open and um, mm-hmm. push ourselves and be more visible, wholly and fully. And yeah. so just really acknowledging that you just put wor- even more words to something I was kind of want- wanting to ask about and don't need to talk about more, but just that, you know, like mm-hmm. that balance in how we can be in our lives and that it actually takes yeah. maybe everything I just categorized. Um, but I'm also really feeling just emotion knowing this has been a part of the last few years for you and how easy it is just to make assumptions about 
months, you know, people, because of how I've known you and the context I've known you in. But this piece you said about kind of grieving a little bit, maybe now too, what was lost in the years it took to get here. You know, what you didn't get to do or have because you didn't have the diagnosis or whatever other thing fill in the blank. And I'm not like singling you out. We all have this, right? I'm in this part of my life doing the work I do, wondering about the trauma and and dysfunction I grew up in and how it's limited some of even the ways I've, I've been in the world about the things I care about more than anything. And knowing mm-hmm. like that's constantly uh, needs to be addressed and, and deserves medicine and healing and acknowledgement and work. Um, yeah. Even now, you know, after, you know, 45 years ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess I'm, I'm wondering if there's more to say about that particular piece for you, like grieving the stuff that's like, you didn't get to, and maybe that was it. You just acknowledged it, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, no, I mean the grief, the grief I'm, I'm remembering when I, uh, yes, this is like the human process. This is the human experience, like juggling our choices, our regrets, are, you know, stories about ourselves, the stories that are imposed upon us by just wherever we come from, whoever we, you know, whatever people think of us as like, that is, that is like (laughs) this human experience, especially for us here in this society in in the United States. And I, it's just the one that I know the best. So, Mm -hmm. you know, because we have this like desire for individuation and being, you know, really knowing ourselves in this kind of way where I know myself as I, as, as I appear to others, like I want to stand out. I want to be like Mm -hmm. exceptional, like that whole thing in and of itself, I think actually creates suffering. You know, it's like needing to always be exceptional and special is it's like out on the outside. It's hard. It's a Mm -hmm. burden. It's Mm -hmm. like it (laughs) prevent, it's prevented me from being able to like, just, feel special within myself and mm-hmm. not need to tell anybody about it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm remembering, uh, I, we just kind of re-released the conversation I had with Andrea Gibson. And in that episode, mm-hmm. they talk about uh, a friend who died. And one of the last things mm-hmm. this friend said is asked, you know, what do you, what do you want to leave? How do you want to be remembered? And, and they said, I don't want to be remembered as the best at anything. It's so like mm. obnoxiously American and, and just yeah. feeling what you're, you're addressing here, that like weight we have to become famous Ugh. or be so unique and actually how separating it is, is even if we succeed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. know it's like success is almost like, yeah, it just, it just divide. It, div- mm. I feel like it, it, can pull you away from your community. And really what we want when we're trying to, you know, be known for our art is just, it's more like here, I have this art that I really want to share with as yeah, many people as yeah, needed. Exactly. We can and I want to belong and I want to yeah. fit in and yeah. I want to all be a part, you know, and then it's mm. like, Oh, you're, you're like this special other person that goes up there and does that thing. And yeah, it just, yeah, I, I'm trying to not do that anymore mm-hmm. inside myself. You know, mm-hmm. no, there's no such thing as the greatest of all time like that. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that mm-hmm. society. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the goat thing. Like if, if, if like somebody is the greatest of all time, then everybody is the greatest of all time. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny that I got the acronym just as I was about to ask, like, wait, what is the GOAT? Wait, what's a GOAT? <laughs> Tell me about why yeah. that applies. Also, the first time I ever the saw animals. that, I was just like, <laughs> animals. Um, Goats are so funny God, to be so the cocky. greatest They just want to be the best thing in the world. <laughs> they um, always I, I always say, I, early on at one of the open mics, I said, you know, no surprise to a bunch of tears. Um, just reminding the audience the chance to get up and share of themselves, right? To not take ourselves too seriously that in a thousand years, even in, you know, a couple hundred years, everyone's the same as Beyonce, you know, and that <laughs> yeah. in the infinity in the universe, like this grand expanse that's getting bigger all the time, I guess. I don't know science, but like what, <laughs> what is like being great? you know, or becoming famous. It's oh, just, it all man. just dissolves, you know, just to acknowledge that important <sighs> piece of what mortality and death and dying gives me, right. is just the, like, oh, this is, God. this is so much, there's no room for that stuff. Like that stuff's so temporary and will never oh last. God. Best is already dead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like, amen. And Ashe to all of that. That's just like, <sighs> That is so helpful. You know, I, I feel like leaving a mark on the world, it's like, do we really, do we, can, do we have to? Like, because when we think about our fear of death and then, you know, think backwards from there, it's like how many of our choices are motivated by our fear of death for, you know, better or for worse. And, you know, th this this way of relating to death, like in one last time in my song, one last time, it's like death is, it's a, it's a journey. Death is a journey that we're all already on. We are doing it right now, you know? And my mark I'm leaving my, you know, legacy, it's happening as I speak you know, when I die, my body will, will decompose and my voice will deteriorate, will be gone. It will be gone. The recorded version of me is, it's, it's a, it's just like part of the sky. It's part of the landscape. You know, it's a cloud. And just knowing that and, and like embracing that is, I mean, it's so inspiring to me and heartbreaking, you know, like I'm, I keep thinking about my last, my first album that I ever made was, I was like 20 when I started it and it took a few years and I, I made it with this producer and friend of mine out in New Jersey and it was really hard and I didn't, I was all full of these these thoughts of like it needing to be the greatest of all time and me needing to like prove myself as an artist and a whatever. And it was this whole journey that took, you know, a few years. I didn't feel like it totally expressed me as an artist, you know, during the time that I was recording this album. Okay. I've never thought this. I never thought about this until this conversation that we're having. It just came up for me. My uncle, my beloved uncle, my beloved uncle Mo, <laughs> he lived in DC and I was in New Jersey and I'm, you know, I'm from California and it was like 
I went and just visited them spontaneously, him and my auntie, my ame, Mahin, and and I, you know, was hanging hanging out with them, and I found out that he had been diagnosed with like all these things, like diabetes, and then and then actually what it was was that he had brain, he had lung cancer that had spread to his brain, and. I visited him. I was, was that recording when you found this out music. while you were there visiting. Yes. Yeah. While I was visiting during the process of making this mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. and, and, and my uncle, like, yeah, I mean, so many beautiful stories about him. He was like this, this, like, you know, like every family may, might have like a, uh, somebody that's like everybody's favorite, you know, mm-hmm. like he's just, that's, that was mm-hmm. him. Just the sweetest, the kindest, funny, he used to always like sing Janis Joplin and he had the most epic, beautiful accent. So it was just like beautiful Persian accent singing mm-hmm. Janis Joplin. And he would sing, um, <laughs> he would sing, uh, the mamas and the papas, mm-hmm. Cal- California, like mm. dream- California dream. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> On such a winter's day. Mm. And he was, this is, I stopped into a church. It's an amazing song. And he would sing that in his gorgeous accent. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I sang for him and I say, I'd learned the song in Farsi and I sang it for him. And oh, oh my gosh. He got, he got, that? he, well, that okay, I, well, I could sing, I could I, sing another I, one. I was <laughs> but I don't remember all the words, but yeah, oh. that was like, he was just the best and he helped me translate it. I mean, he was, he was just, it was like, I'd never gotten that much quality time with my uncle mm. because we lived across the country and I was mm-hmm. like an adult at this point, actually on my own visiting him. Mm-hmm. And from, from the time that he was diagnosed with lung cancer and told everybody to the time that he died was two months. He was gone. Oh my God. And it was like a, it was like a earthquake in our family that we've never recovered from. I miss my uncle so much. And I just thought of him when I was getting ready to talk to you because Mm. I just, because he would be so happy that I finally got here, you know, and I just feel like it never occurred to me until this moment that how much that trauma of my uncle dying in this really unexpected and traumatic way And so fast. how it, you know, mm-hmm. so fast and how it impacted my family and his children and, you know, my cousins and his mm-hmm. wife and mm-hmm. everybody like, and was also woven into this whole process of me, like making this record and mm-hmm. wanting to be successful and, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff and how it all just <laughs> converged together. And there wasn't space for me at that time inside myself or in my family or my community to be able to kind of open all of that up. And mm. we didn't even have like a memorial service for him. You know, it's just, it's like, how do you just like say goodbye to the sun? You know what I mean? <sighs> 
I just love that man mm. so much. It's impossible not to miss him. The only way I, I like don't miss him is if I just I don't feel and I don't think about it. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. And all of the, I mean, and this is me, his niece, like just not even thinking about it. Oh my goodness! I mean, I can't even imagine from oh my goodness, the other yeah. perspectives, but. <laughs> I just want to dedicate this time of my life, you know, to, to my uncle, mm. you know, and to my, my family that's gone, you know, that, mm-hmm. that root for, root for me, you mm-hmm. know. You feel that? <sighs> yeah. Like your ancestors. I mean, I, I think there's a part of me that sort of doesn't, think of Mm. Mo, my uncle as a ancestor Uh because I just, part of me just hasn't fully accepted that he died. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, not quite ready to, it was a long, it was a long time ago. Transition him into that demographic, which I I never thought of him as my ancestor. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I don't think of my mom as my ancestor and I, and I think that's precious. Like I, 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 there's room here to talk about our ancestors. Yeah. Um, in such meaningful ways, but I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. With her, you know, and that's fine by me, you know, and in a way I think, I understand what you mean about not having maybe had the time in life to memorialize or help with that transition, but also there's a way I'm feeling Uncle Mo like alive in (laughs) this like album coming out and clearly in this conversation. Yeah. You know? I just love that he's a part of this, you know? It's just. Yeah. I just love it so much. Yeah. I'm so happy that, yeah, he came. Will we be allowed to keep this part? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is so sweet. So I'd like you to cut out the last 20 minutes of our conversation. (laughs) Not ready. Um, I'm not I want to talk. I want to talk about the ancestors, but maybe and maybe the Farsi is is. I, I'm so in love with your music. I'm especially like moved and and compelled towards your singing in Farsi. I know I've told you that already, and and you you maybe know that, and that's kind of why you acknowledged it in in what we could share here this time. But I both like am down for you just to start singing right now in Farsi and. <laughs> I'm curious if some of that and the, and the, you got a scholarship, you know, to do some work with I'm your ancestry and music. And, and so I'm wondering about all those connections right now. Um, if we could make a little room for that. And also I don't hope that didn't sound like I was like ready to move on from uncle Mo. Like if there's more to kind of talk about there. No, I, I, I just, that was just beautiful for me. Mm. I just felt really beautiful to be able to, to talk about him and name him and yeah. And, and our special connection and yes, I mean, <laughs> well, there's a couple things. Yeah. That's something I want to talk about. 
but also I feel like this sort of trajectory of your music, there's still some like questions around that time for me. And maybe like, maybe yeah, it's something, yeah, there's, there's something there about at 14, you start playing music, um, taking mm-hmm. lessons at least. And the way you unconsciously or not maybe also consciously could feel it as, as medicine for you and, and sort of your emotional landscape and how you were growing up during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so there might be more to add about that. And then also like, I'm wondering about that first moment when you, you maybe even remember bringing music to others as that offering, you know, like, do you remember a moment when you related not just to music giving you that, but to you giving that to others? That's such an amazing question I remember oh go ahead well I just want to acknowledge like because it is a moment yes like the last song you sang at the open mic do you remember you were like I haven't done this I think you said like I haven't done that haven't tried to do this live do you remember the song I'm talking about and you just like oh my god ended the whole night with I don't even know how to describe like the level, how much it filled oh. the room. And like, do you know what, what song is that? I mean, I remember it was like, I am alive. Mm-hmm. That was the song. And I had, I didn't, it was a song that I hadn't played for a long time, but I, yeah. I had everybody stomping and clapping. Yeah. That's what it was. And I just had everyone accompany me. And but you even acknowledge, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to hit the, you were like, I'm, I'm, I haven't, maybe it was just that you hadn't done it in a while. So you didn't know if you'd hit it. I hadn't done notes. it in so long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like this. It's, um, I don't know. If I'm like yeah. run out of breath and you just were acknowledging that. And then you just fucking wrecked it. You wrecked us. And, and I remember just being in tears at the end. And so like, when I talk about a moment happening like that, that was mine. I can tell you right now, that's what, mm. that's when it happened for me. That's when you, and this 14 year old and the, and the music and everything you lived through to get to that guitar that gave you shoulder and back problems, you know, eventually <laughs> like all that happening led to you doing that and having that song land with me, you know, and That's having that amazing. song land with us, you know? And so, you know, it's funny to ask you, when did you see it happen? Because I saw it happen. I know when it happened for me with you. And so it's yeah. weird. I think even people being like, well, I don't know how these things occur. It still could be true how it suddenly just is a part of how we're in the world. But I wonder if there was a, a moment, you know, where you saw it. Well, and that song, Wash It All Away, is on my album, which will be oh, out. Oh, great. Good. Soon. I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad. Yeah. To <laughs> clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that song is really about everything we've been talking about. It's yeah. the story of don't let me forget where I'm from and who mm-hmm. I've come here to be. Mm-hmm. And please shake me awake, awake from this dream, awake from this nightmare that I see. I can't stop the rain from falling on my weary face. Rain from falling on my weary face. I've been holding on for so long. I don't think that I'll be saved. Wash it all away. Wash it all away. Wash it all away. Wash it all away. It's that. It's like 
what, what is the thing that I'm holding on to in my life that is making me not want to die for it? You not want to like give it all, wash it away. All I am is light. All I am is love. I am not the things that I attach to that create a living nightmare for me every day when I wake up. I don't want to do that anymore. Take this away from me. Take these lies away from me and let me be who I really am, which is love and the love of my ancestors and the love of my family and community and the love that I have for all of it. That's what the song is about. And that's like the heartbeat of this time of my life, mm. you know? Yeah. Francis Weller in, in the conversation um, with him on the show, you know, I often talk about like grief and healing, you know, you've seen mm. me post about it. It comes up in our spaces a lot and he just kind of checked. He wasn't meaning to, he just was talking about, he brought up the word healing and said, it's just a little in, industrial, you know? Um, mm. and, and what that's led to personally for me was a moment like what you just described recently where it's like, oh, like I could feel this trauma for the rest of my life and probably will. Right. Like I can feel this heartbreak right. for the rest of my life and I don't need to name it, you know, but like I have those yeah. things and what I'm probably going to just get better at is how I'm with that, with those how parts you're with me, it, you know, yeah. and like you said, bringing love to it bringing understanding, mm -hmm. bringing like belonging. Like I'm, well, yeah, you're actually a part of me that I'm not telling, I'm not telling you to leave. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm telling you that like, I can hold you. you wow. Know? So I really That's feel beautiful. that what you just shared. Um, That's profound. So I, I, I want to end with, this last stretch and then, then just check in and see if there's anything you wanted to clarify or stuff we missed that you want to talk about. But I, I do want to, it might, you know, it might be really beautiful to just get to you singing Farsi, but I, but there is yeah. a part of me that's like this, and you've acknowledged like the light that the songs, some of the songs you share acknowledge the moment where you felt that playing music. Mm -hmm. You mentioned ancestry in that too, right? I mean, that's part mm -hmm. of what I feel like you were describing. Um, and so I want to kind of, I want to go back to that. It feels like a good place to end too. And and like I said, we can keep going if there's a little more that we want to kind of tie up and 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 check in about. Um, but I, I definitely want to make time for that. Your relationship to ancestry, I do wonder about like your musical practice and your musical learning as a way of... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I started learning the year that I met my husband was the year that I met my Iranian vocal teacher, Masa Vahdat. It was that all happened in the same spring summertime. And I, it's important because it, it's like these two big pillars of my life, you know, kind of coming underneath me at the same time. Massa moved to the Bay Area because she was exiled by the Iranian government for being a powerful woman. I mean, essentially. 
And one of her and her sister, Marjan, their mission was to and is to keep these songs, these traditional songs and melodies alive in the bodies and voices of women. Because in Iran, due to the oppressive regime, women are not allowed to sing uh, amplified publicly. So her tragedy was a doorway for me and many other people, honestly, into like the this deep part of who I am that I, I would not have had access to were it not for her consistent presence in my life. She was like my doorway. And I believe that her, you know, presence in my life is and was a gift from God with two G's, two D's and an E <laughs> or however you want to spell two it. G's. So it doesn't make you think two about G's. like oh, a bearded, whatever, you know, <laughs> I mean, God can have two a G's. beard. All right. I'm not, a, but, <laughs> but I just, it's yes. not like that for me. It's not a, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, you say what it was that, that you say what you, you keep saying was, was is was about her. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was just, and we don't, there was a, there was a was it. about it. Okay. Yeah. There was a was about it. I mean, we, we, she's still my teacher. Okay. I just, it yeah. was like this. Talking about the time. It, it was know. like, it blasted this door open. Totally. And then for a few years, I was just walking through this doorway into these songs, which became, you know, part of and are, they are part of a huge part of my relationship with my, my heritage, Mm -hmm. my, you know, on my dad's side, which is, you know, honestly, it's a very big part of like my spirit and who I am. I'm, I'm very much like a Iranian kind of spirited person. So just having this musical language that I could communicate in and communicate with myself um, really, really, really changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it has, you know, it, it, it is like a huge part also of what has helped me integrate my sort of spiritual self and my just whatever. There's nothing that isn't a spiritual self. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, but it's just like to be a more integrated person, I guess it's, you know, it's helped me be a more integrated artist mm. And, you know, it's like the poems of Hafez, like these, the ancient, like badass, you know, master geniuses of Persian language, poetry, Hafez, Rumi, like they, they are exalted in the tradition and all they're talking about is this stuff, you know, it's like the big, the big stuff, you know, our separation from each other let all there is is love, you know, and, and the heartbreak of being a human and why we suffer and how we can alleviate that suffering and 
how we probably never will alleviate that suffering because it's painful to be alive. Mm. All of these big, beautiful topics are the, you know, the, the kind of central themes of so many of the, the works that I learned. So it kind of gave me permission to just do that <laughs> with my songs as well mm-hmm. and feel like free to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Was that helpful? Did that explain Absolutely. it all? I mean, the only thing I cool. think I need now is just to listen to you sing in Farsi for, <laughs> yeah. would you want to do that? I'm kind of, I'm not sure which, what to sing. I think, um, I have like two things in my mind that I want to do. Do you know Francis Weller? Do you know his work? Well, I found out about him okay. through your podcast. Well, like we didn't him, laugh really. Beautiful. We laughed a little. We giggled yeah. a little bit. But like <laughs> the show tends to not have a lot of laughing. And I love to laugh and want to joke around I know, you're a so ton. Funny. And so you're such with a you, jokester. it's just great to like meet each other because we both like to kind of be that way. And so anyway, I just think it's gonna be entertaining and meaningful and moving and and so I'm I'm feeling very satisfied and grateful. And I can't wait oh, to okay. just listen to you sing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I had, I've had an amazing time talking to you and I feel really excited about getting to know you better Mm. and maybe having you on my podcast, which doesn't exist. So it might just have to be a phone call. It's not to be like the early version of your podcast, which will just be us talking. Yeah, it's just me asking you questions and getting to know you better. Yeah, on our phones. Just just like, like, you know, on a walk or something. Can't wait. All right, I'm going to mute myself while you sing. Okay. From Hafez. Good news. The days of grief and pain won't stay like this. As others went, these won't remain or stay like this. Though my beloved thinks of me as dirt and dust, my rival's status and her trust won't stay like this. And though the doorman wields his sword against us all, no rank remains immutable or stays like this. When good or bad come, why give thanks and why complain? Since what is written won't remain or stay like this. And if you're wealthy, help the poor, since be assured the gold and silver that you hoard won't stay like this. In words of gold, they've written on the emerald sky, only compassion does not die, but stays like this. Do not despair of love, Hafez. It can't be true. The heartlessness she's shown to you will stay like this. Chobar sahifeya 
pasti takkan nakhohat mod tawan مخزن زر و گنج و گوهر نخواهد ماند بدین رفاق زبرجد نوشته اند بزر که جوز نکویی اهل کرم نخواهد نشان ستم نخواهد ماند ایام قم نخواهد ماند If you want to connect more to Adrian Shamzad's music go to adrianshamzad.com you can find that link in the show notes and by the way all the things are there Patreon Instagram, the list of things people that are doing good stuff in the world want you to connect to. Uh, follow them on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, Spotify, Bandcamp, sign up for Adrian's mailing list. The singles that she's releasing up to her album release are getting posted on the website. The album's coming out in September, so you're getting the heads up on that now. So get connected to Adrian ASAP. Thank you, Adrian, so much. Love talking, crying, and laughing with you. You're the best. Oh, and a show. And I'll put a link to Adrian's show happening at Craig <laughs> Salvage. Oh, gosh, me, Nick. Geez, please. I am trying <laughs> to talk here. That's All not right, a COVID cough. It's a, it's a speck of matcha. <laughs> you ever get just like a speck of something on your throat? No. And you just, oh, I thought you were going to say matcha. Well, a speck of anything, uh, like a cracker or something, and it's just sitting on your throat, sure, and it just sure. is like increasing its intensity, and you're like, "Great, I have to cough," can... but I don't want him to think that this is COVID. Oh, uh, maybe you can mute yourself until it's time for us to engage. No, here, probably but, not. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yes, Adrian's got a show happening at Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, August 31st. Come on out. It's going to be awesome. And the album is uh, Wash It All Away, which is also the name of this episode. It's going to be on Bandcamp on September 1st and on all streaming platforms on September 15th. Nick Jana. Hi. How are you? Did you say 15th? Did I say 15th? Yeah. I just think it's great to throw letters in there. Yeah. Um, 
Nick, great job on all that. Oh, <laughs> come on, dude. Get some water. Sorry, that spec is gone. Um, <laughs> is it, though? Uh, great job on all the apps lately. Thanks. Loving your work. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to encourage you now, knowing that this episode is still coming together, that you put more of your music in. I mm. feel like I repeatedly remind you of that. And you said, humbly, you don't want to take up too much of, of the time with Eunice, but I think you and your music are worth it. Um, so by the way, during the mid show moment, just a note, extra music there. Cause I kept myself succinct and I said, everybody enjoy Nick's music. And we, this, this will you. be coming after that as people listen to it. So now you yeah, will think back and be like, so Oh, that's why there were 20 oh, minute, it's yeah. a 20 minute jam. <laughs> yeah. Ned gave permission for him to go on and on. Okay. Like, you know, like a minute and a half more. <laughs> okay. He's reached the, uh, the further barrier of how it'd much be, music it'd be funny. He's found the, it'd be funny to do that. Just sometimes just be like, just see how long, how long will people listen? It's if like just grateful dead style. It's just like, he's really jamming. What, where's the interview? Was there more interview coming? <laughs> um, anyway, great work on all the things. I just want to say after all the time we've been, we're, we're almost at a hundred episodes, my friend. Oh, what are we going to do? Yeah, it's a good question. Pizza I'm party? glad I'm bringing it up. We need, we will, a podcast pizza party. Mm-hmm. Um, so just acknowledging you for just how good you're, you've gotten at it. And it, sh- it, it listens. I was going to say it shows, but it listens. <laughs> uh, likewise, I uh, we recently released like an earlier episode and mm-hmm. there's just a much more confident, like focused tone to everything and everything that you do. and um, yeah, just get to the heart of things in the interview much more efficiently. It's great. It's made my I was think, nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. I know you've articulated that before, and it means a lot. And I w- I've been thinking about it since we talked about it recently. This just how we feel about. We're clearly we're just patting ourselves on the back for a little bit. Bear with us, everybody. Well, also I was um, throwing that <laughs> earlier version of you under the bus. <laughs> okay, because it was so we had a mix. Actually, we have some audio of it here. I'm going to play it right now. <laughs> Uh, so, um, do you like, like food and stuff? Um, what's <laughs> when we released the Ani DeFranco episode, I was listening to the introduction and I was like, Jesus, bro, like get to it. Like get succinct, <laughs> man. So I loved re-releasing that and getting to redo on the intro. Um, I've always yeah. thought that things like that, like sharpening performance things also help in a way sharpen your mind in a way it, you experience that like it like it because well, it does take like a mental clarity to not say um and like obviously i'm not that great at it but <laughs> god tell me about it um <laughs> you know you've told me too like those inflections i even saw a meme recently a reel where some person that talks a lot and has a bunch of people that follows them says this is partly how we're processing is using this kind of language sometimes like an, um, is marking a moment where we're getting clear. And so then forgive us for it, but it's actually a part of the process. And so you've reminded me and edited the, the conversations in a way that like, let some of that be, you know, we don't have to go through and cut out every single time I, or someone is kind of figuring it out. And, but also um, I appreciate that. Coughing is a way that we process the no, speck of matcha not. on our throat. No, and we don't okay, have to, maybe it's how you maybe it's how you process matcha, um, and we don't have to include that. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> we're gonna. I mean, we, we have will. to now. We're gonna. Uh, otherwise, it'd be weird. <laughs> so, 
what I want to answer, I want to answer your question, which is something I feel, I feel a little embarrassed. I'm doing it less and less, but I, f- I felt a little embarrassed about how much I love content that I put out and <laughs> keeping it to the podcast episode, like how much I'll listen to an episode after it's been released. Uh-huh. And what I think part of it is just, sorry, I'm embarrassed. I, I do love these, this, this stuff. I love the project. I love being in it. I love, I've told you, I love being in how it's all come together. I love being in your music. It, it, it's not a it's not a a comment that's jokey or trivial. I mean it when I say I love more of your music because I love the emotional addition it offers to something that already was very emotional, like a conversation I've had with Adrian, having a moment where suddenly there's music behind it. The episode with Bio, with your music behind Bio talking for four or five minutes, it's incredibly powerful. And I love revisiting what we're putting out with the podcast. And I think something that's happening and I felt this way for a long time is that I'm listening to what's possible for me to hone and dial and get better at what I do. And I think that's what we've been, what's been going on for me, at least as a person who's producing the show and pretty deeply involved in that and someone who can revisit it and hear it and say, Oh my goodness, in ways I didn't know before we started this project. Wow. It's hard to listen to you when you introduce Ani DeFranco in a podcast episode. <laughs> Can we get better? Can it be more succinct? How close and, do you, and it, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. How close do you think you are to that ideal out of a hundred? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Oh my God. Out of a hundred. Well, as a percentage, you know, like I, th- I kind of want to defer to the listeners, you know, if anybody's out there going to your podcast, well, to how can they know review? what your potential is? <laughs> well, if they've been listening for a while, well, no, um, but the potential, I think it's good to keep pretty <laughs> close to the potential, but always, always, always forever room for improvement. And so I'd like to mean? think in comparison to, to well, potential. let me explain. Can I just explain, please? God, I went through, I had to listen to you cough for a while and I just let it happen. Um, you, <laughs> you, Okay. The question is, um, between zero and 100, where am I at in terms of how close I am to the ideal? Over 50, 50, I'd say even like probably feels healthy to say around like 70, 75. Okay. And I guess I'm sort of answering that question for in general, how good can we do this thing? Mm-hmm. I think we have that much room for improvement and I'm not clear on what that means. Like, what is that gap exactly? And I think that's to bring it back to my first point. It is, it comes in the listening and thinking, Oh, this could be better because Nick, it definitely needs 30 more seconds of your music. Ned, this could be a better intro because you definitely went on too long audio <laughs> quality stuff. So and, and also to be, go ahead. You're 30% away from your ideal because my music isn't long enough. Mainly that's the main issue. Yeah. I'm so glad we could talk. About it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred. <laughs> just talking about me. We're at 70 and you're at 40. I don't know if I told um, you this experience of, uh, you know, I've been studying Spanish over the last couple of years and at the same time doing more like podcast talking. And at the same time that I've been trying to remove ums and likes from my English, I've at times learned those filler words in Spanish, which is more necessary mm. because you have less velocity with the way you're speaking Ooh. or you're like reaching for a word or thinking and you need a filler word, but you want it to be in the actual language. Fascinating. Um, so I'm like re- replacing them or moving them from the English column over to the Spanish column. 
So can you do that for us, a little example? Spanish filler words? Mm-hmm. Pues, bueno, <laughs> o sea, creo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think. Digo. Uh, when. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. There's also, nice. like, just slightly different, like, ums. Like, they're more like M, M, you know. Yeah. It matters. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, Nick, and, and thank you, everybody, <laughs> for Tina t- for turning into You're really Going to Do a Lingo. Left me hanging with You're that. You're going to do a lingo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to your favorite mortality Spanish con- uh, podcast. I do not uh, recommend no. Duolingo, by the way. <laughs> it's not a passive it. fluency. Okay. Thanks for joining us on our reviewing <laughs> of Spanish apps. <laughs> Everyone, so glad you're here. So good to be in your ear. Until next time, bye, Nick. Adios. Adios, everybody.